Well, good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Today in my house is a happy day. I'm uh, really blessed. I have a wonderful mom. My wife is a wonderful mother. My daughter, Kristen, is an incredible mom. My daughter-in-law, Jen, is an amazing mom. So today is a really happy day for us to celebrate. And I know for a lot of you it is, and we should do that. We should celebrate our moms. But I also know that today is a very hard day for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. And if today is a hard day for you, I just want to remind you that God sees you. And he knows you. And he loves you. And we love you too. And so we want to say a prayer now for our moms. And we also want to say a prayer of, I guess, requesting God to just heal and comfort and restore relationships between mothers and their children. Will you pray with me? Father, we know that today is a super difficult day for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. And Lord, we know that no one can bring healing but you. And so we just come to you now and ask for your healing and for your touch and for your reconciliation. God, we know that you are the restorer. You are the way maker. We know that you're the healer. And so, Lord, for everyone here for whom this might be a hard day, we just pray that you would just remind them of your love for them, that you would remind them that you see them and that you know them. And God, will you just bring healing and comfort and peace and restoration. And Father, for those of us who have great Mother's Days and we're celebrating our moms and we're excited to have this day together, Lord, I just pray that today will be a day of thanksgiving, that it'll be a day of worshiping you uh, for the gift of great moms. It'll be a day for moms to thank you for the privilege and blessing of being a mother. And it'll be a day that glorifies motherhood because you did throughout your word. And it will be a day that glorifies you, the creator of life. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. You know, moms are just great. Moms have such a huge impact on their kids, and they have a bigger impact, I think, than most of them think. So I grew up with a really great mom, and she obviously had a huge impact on me, praying for me every day, teaching me about Jesus, taking me to church, modeling Christianity for me. She was great with me, but she also had an incredible impact on my friends. Uh, when I was growing up, she was always the one that was listening to them and praying for them and cooking for them and tripping over them when they fell asleep on our living room floor, and it just she had an amazing impact on them. And I'm sure she doesn't really fully appreciate the uh, impact that she's had on the world because everything that God has ever done through me is partly because of her. And when it comes to the judgment seat of Christ, and you've heard me describe this day, it's like the Academy Awards and Jesus is calling people down to receive their crowns, my mom is gonna be so surprised. Because she's gonna see all that she had a part in, right? She's gonna see everything that God ever did through me or my brother or my sister or my wife, or my kids. That day, it will be revealed to her the impact that she had on the kingdom. And Jesus is gonna give her these crowns that she never saw coming. And he's gonna say, well done. Good and faithful servant. And that's gonna be the first time that she really understands why he says that. 
because she's going to see the incredible impact that she had on the world and on the kingdom. Moms have a huge impact on the world. They have an incredible influence on the kingdom, and I think it's way more than most of them know. I mean, all the way back, look, the most famous mom ever is Mary, right? Jesus' mom. And she obviously had a huge impact on the world through him. You know, she never, she never started a church. She never preached a sermon. She never, you know, wrote a book or did a seminar or led worship. She never did any of that, but she had an incredible impact on the world through Jesus. And she also, of course, had a huge impact on Jesus. It's hard to think about being Jesus' mom. You think your kids have special situations, right? Jesus' mom. How about that? Uh, when Jesus is 12, we all know the story of Luke chapter 2 when they go uh, to the big city and they're going there for Passover and they take Jesus and he gets separated from his family. He's 12 years old. He's lost for three days, right? They're looking all over town for him. They finally find him and he's in the temple teaching the preachers, right? He's in the temple doing God's work. And so Mary says, you know, I'm paraphrasing a little of this, like, what is your problem? You know, where are you? We've been crazy looking for you. And Jesus said those famous words, didn't you know? I had to be about my father's business. And the Bible doesn't describe, because it's Luke writing and Luke wasn't there. So it doesn't describe every single word in the paraphrase, right? But what Mary said to Jesus was something like, you know what, that's great for later, but right now you're going home with me and you're gonna obey me and you're gonna do what I say and when you're gonna live in my house, you're gonna follow my rules and you can forget about Xbox for the next two weeks. <laughs> and that, that's a paraphrase, that's something, something like that. So he's 12 years old, right? Okay, well now fast forward, it's 18 years later. Here's Jesus, he's 30 years old, he's fixing to start his ministry, he's preparing to save the world. He ends up at a wedding, his mom's there. Halfway through the wedding, mom comes up to Jesus and says, hey, guess what, man, they're out of wine. And Jesus says, mom, (laughs) it's not my time yet. And his mother, just like moms do, just ignored what he says, right? And she just tells everybody, just do what he says, he's gonna take care of this, go ahead, Jesus, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And Jesus, Christ, the almighty creator of everything, right? The king of the universe says, yes, ma'am. And he does this incredible miracle and he starts his ministry and he changes the world and he saves us. So what do we learn? Even Jesus listens to his mom, right? She had an incredible impact on the kingdom. She had an incredible impact on the world. All moms do. And in fact, all people do. All of us have more of an impact or a chance for an impact, I think, than we think we do. Most of us think, well, you know, I'm not like Peter or Paul or I don't have this great platform or I'm never going to get to write a book or anything. All I can really do is do my job and raise my kids and serve at church every once in a while. How am I ever going to make a real difference, you know, for the kingdom? Like Peter or like Paul or Stephen or Barnabas or any of these people. And those guys, yeah, they they were big hitters, man. Their hair was on fire and they did amazing things for the kingdom. But a lot of people had their hair on fire. In, this, in the book of Acts, and a lot of them did amazing things for the kingdom. In fact, we're gonna read a story of some of them today 
who you may not know. So we're going to look at Acts chapter 6, if you've got your Bibles. And this story, this, the church has just started, and it's like us. They're a lot like CBCB. They've got small groups. They're taking communion together. They have amazing worship services together. They have incredible preaching. Man, I got, no, 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 listen. Don't patronize, okay? I was really hoping for an amen on that one. But my mom in her living room just now said amen, I guarantee you. They, they were, it was a regular church, man. They, their hair was on fire. They're doing things for the kingdom. They're reaching people. They had vacation Bible school, right? They had, just like we have a food distribution thing here on Wednesdays, they had one for widows. So the church is growing. It's thriving. It's happening. Here's where we pick up the story in Acts 6, verse 1. It says, but as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. And the Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the 12 apostles called a meeting of all the believers. They called the whole church together, and they said, you know what, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running the food program. So here's what we're gonna do. Select seven men who are well-respected, full of the spirit and wisdom, and we'll give them this responsibility. And then the apostles, we can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. So we're, they're, they're, they're gonna do a job search, right? Now they're looking for seven guys and the qualifications for this person that's gonna be in charge of food distribution at their churches, they had to be well-respected, full of the spirit and full of wisdom. So that's, that's a different skill set than an apostle. Right? The apostles really needed to know the word, and they needed to be great prayers, and they needed to be really great teachers. So it's not that the apostles' job was more important than the food distribution guy's job. It was just a different skill set. Right? It was just different callings. It was just different qualifications. It was just different needs. So verse 5, they present this idea, and it says everybody liked the idea, so they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas of Antioch, who was an earlier convert to the Jewish faith. And these seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. So there you go. Now they're set, right? The apostles can do their job, and these guys can do their job. And everybody is in place, and everybody is serving where they need to be serving, and serving where they're gifted to be serving, and serving where they're called to be serving. And then I love this next word in verse 7. The New Living, several versions have this. It says... So, so God's message continued to spread. And the number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted to. I love that word, so. It means like, because of that. It means like, therefore, right? It's like, this happened, so this happened, right? Um, I worked out every day, so I got really strong. Right? It was my 50th wedding anniversary, so I took my wife to Chick-fil-A, right? <laughs> right? This morning I ate five bean and cheese tacos for breakfast, so no one would sit next to me in church, right? Because of this, that, this thing led to or implies this next thing, and this says they got everybody in their place, right? The apostles are preaching. These guys are running the food program. Singers are singing. Greeters are greeting. Everybody found their spot. So, God's word spread, and the world was changed. Once they got that right, the message could spread, and people could be converted, and things, everything was awesome once that 
happened once everybody found their role and started living it out. And it, it's like it really could, this couldn't happen until that happened, right? God's word really couldn't spread. The church couldn't really thrive until that happened, until everybody got plugged into their place because everybody's job, everybody's role was necessary. Everybody's role was important. The apostles were teaching and praying and these smart seven guys are handling the food distribution program. Somebody else was running the finances. Somebody else was taking care of the kids. The IT department was running IT, right? The whole church was running great once everybody found their role. Because in that church, there's a whole bunch of different people and they all had different skills and some were good at this and some were good at that and some were interested in this and some were interested in that and some were passionate about this and some were passionate about that. And you know what I've noticed in this church? It's the same thing, right? Some people are good public speakers and you know what? Some people are not and some people don't have the patience or the temperament to work with kids. And other people are just amazing with kids. And some people are terrible with numbers and finance and all that, and some people are like savants with that, right? Everybody's got different gifts. Everybody's good at different things. Think about music. I love music. I love worship music, but I don't get it. I want to. I want to understand it, and I want to do it, and it's just not my gift. I, I hear the notes, kinda, and, and I can even play a couple of chords on my guitar, but I, I, I can't make music happen. I, I, I can't do that. And I ask Joy all the time, well, what about this? How does this work? How does this work? And she tries to be nice to me, but she looks at me like I'm asking her how to breathe. You know what I mean? Like, what you, just do it. You know, that's well, easy for her. See, she, that's her gift. That's her calling. It's, it's like breathing to her. It's natural to her. Um, the, the media stuff that goes on here with our videos and all the stuff online and the lights and the sound and all that stuff. I mean, I'll tell you guys something. I'm in meetings with those people all the time, and I don't even know what we're talking about. I'll like, oh, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, we just do that. Let's, let's, let's do that. Let's plug in the DMX by all means. I don't know what DMX even stands for, right? A dirty microphone, xylophone. I don't know what it stands for. They're talking about, oh, we got a bunch of new lights right now. Goes, oh, great news. We got new LEDs. Everything's LED. Oh, we got new LEDs. Every I don't know what that means. Lucky, enema, diaper, something. I don't know what it means. And I'll, I'll tell you something else. And listen. This has to stay in this room, okay? I don't know what streaming means. I don't know, what it, I know it's a big deal. I know it's a big deal. I know I look at the camera and it comes out on somebody's computer somewhere, but I don't have any idea how that process works. I don't, I don't even know what it is. So luckily, God gave us joy in the worship team to lead worship, luckily, God gave us Ben and TJ and the media people back there that make all of this happen. So that's their role. So they can just fulfill their role and then I can just do my deal. And that's why at CBCB, just like in this first church, every role is important. Whether you're a pastor or a door greeter or a kid teacher or a donut server or a bass player or a car parker, every role, every part is important, just like every part of your body is important. And in fact, in the New Testament, you probably know over and over and over and over, the church is referred to as the body of Christ. 
Check out Romans 12. This is Romans 12, 4. It says, just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. 1 Corinthians, Paul goes into even more detail. This is 1 Corinthians 12, 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts just make up one whole body, and so it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, and some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share that same spirit. Look at this part. Yeah, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it less part of the body. And if an ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Each one of these body parts is important. Whatever your role is, whatever your job is, is in the church, you need to recognize that it's a big deal. It's an important thing. We looked at this passage about the food distribution thing in our uh, Wednesday night uh, men's group, Iron Men. If you're not coming to Iron Men, guys, you're missing the boat. 6.30 pizza, 7 o'clock Bible study every Wednesday night. But we're having a discussion about this story, about the food distribution thing, and somebody mentioned something, and it was Shane Aldridge mentioned. You know what's really interesting? Those guys that were on that food distribution team got their names in the Bible. Was it a big deal what they did? Well, I don't know. They got their name in the Bible, right? I mean, Max Lucado is a big deal, but his name's not in the Bible. Right? Rick Warren is a big deal, but his name's not in the Bible. Right? There's a lot of great pastors and teachers and worship leaders and, and, and religious leaders who never got their name in the Bible. But the guys that were doing this work of distributing the food, Jesus thought were so important that he included their names in the Bible. And he included their story in the Bible. I mean, that's, anytime you read a Bible story, a really great question to ask yourself is, why did God put that story in the Bible? You know how many stories have happened in the last 4,000 years? Billions of stories, funny stories, educational stories, inspirational stories, and God handpicked a few of these stories and included them in the Bible for us. Why that one, right? Why is that story in the Bible about the inner workings of this church and who ran their food distribution program? Why would God include that? And I think the reason he included it is he wants us to see that every part in the body of Christ is important. Just like in your body, it's made up of lots of parts and you need all of those parts to work. Old people, help me out. One of the worst things about getting old is what? When certain parts of your body stop doing their job, right? So now I know some of you young, healthy people don't really even know what I'm talking about. So I'm gonna bring up some old people and I'm gonna let them show you some of their body parts. <laughs> so I was gonna do that. Listen, I was gonna do that, and I decided not to. You know why? Discernment. <laughs> so my hair's on fire. I got discernment, so I'm not gonna do that. If you'll nod your head when I say this, I will not do that to you, okay? If one body part doesn't do its job, the body cannot function well. Amen. Okay, I thought, that would get, I thought that would get an amen. Why, because every body part's important, right? Eyes are great, your eyes are awesome, but your eyes are worthless without your brain. And your brain is really amazing, but it doesn't do anything without nerves. And nerves are really awesome, but they can't function without blood. And blood is cool, but it doesn't go anywhere without the heart. And the heart is amazing, but it has to be protected by the ribs, right? Every body part is necessary. All the body parts need each other. They all work together, and everyone 
is necessary. And it's the same in the body of Christ. We're all called to do an important job, pointing kids to Jesus, helping people worship, teaching, welcoming people. That is like welcoming people. That is such a big thing. It is such a big thing to make people feel welcome. That's why we have a guest services team, right? I'll tell you something. I'll tell you your history, okay? When you first came to this church, the first day you came, at some point you decided to come back a second time. And I'm almost certain that you can't remember one word I said that first day. You don't remember one song that we sang that first day. But what you remember is somebody made you feel welcome. Somebody acted like they were glad to see you. Somebody made you feel like you were home. Somebody made you feel like there's a place for you here. And I didn't do that. Our guest services team did that. The people greeting you did that. The people passing out communion and serving donuts and parking cars and keeping us safe. Those people made you, they got you this message that you belong here. And listen, that message is important. One of the most important messages of the church right now in this broken, isolated, cold world is there's a place for you here. You belong somewhere. You matter to us. We love you. We care about you. That's the message of the guest services team. And it has an impact on people. It's measurable. It's measurable. There's been lots of times, like we watch our attendance, right, do this. And so there's been times like I announce a new sermon series and we'll have like a little spike a little spike, right? But you know what the big spike was? It wasn't my message series. It was when we announced that donuts were back. <laughs> and I, oh, that brought them in, right? So praise God for Christina and her team back there serving those donuts, right? People come for a donut and they leave with the gospel, right? So guest services is really an important part of the body of Christ. All the parts are very important. Think about kids' ministry, right? If you've got kids, I'm gonna tell you that what happens in here almost becomes irrelevant because what does it matter to you if we have a great sermon and we have great worship and we have great fellowship and your kids are not hearing about Jesus? It doesn't even matter. There's nothing more important to you than those kids learning about Jesus and experiencing him. And I'm telling you, the people that do that work are a critical part of the body of Christ. We're gonna be baptizing some people in the second service today, and some of them are kids. And you know what, I love baptizing kids. I love to watch the kids and see what's going on with them. I love watching their parents and see what's going on with them. And I love watching our kids ministry people, watching those kids be baptized. Because they know they had a part in that. And I can't wait for the judgment seat of Christ. When I watch all of our kids workers, one by one, going down there over and over and over and over to receive a crown from Jesus and lay at his feet because they did the important work of pointing people to kids. What's more important than that, right? Think about our student ministry. I praise God for Jorge and Emily and the group that leads our teenagers. I can't speak into teenagers' lives like they do. I, I can't. They, they're impacting teenagers for Jesus, That's their part in the body of Christ. Do you see that that's kind of important? Think about our media team, our communications people. You know, they get the message of the word and the message of this church out into people's homes, in other cities, in other states, in other countries. I I can't do that. I can't do that. They have, do you know we have people that attend church with us every week in Washington, D.C., and in Washington State, and in Kansas and Colorado and Florida and Nevada and New Mexico. Do you know that we have people that join us for church every week in Kenya? 
Do you know that we have people that join us every week in church in Afghanistan? How's that going to happen if Ben and TJ and their teams don't step up and find their role and fulfill it? Our church is full of people, man, in life group leadership, in care support and recovery, in disciple making, and all, all kinds of ministries. And they're all doing exactly what the apostles did. And they're all doing exactly what the food distribution team did. And they're all doing exactly what Jesus' mom did. They're fulfilling their role in the body of Christ. So God's word can spread. So people can be converted. That's how it works, man. That's the body of Christ. That's what it looks like. It's all the parts of the body doing their part under the headship, literally, of Jesus. So Ephesians 4 tells us that Jesus is the head of his body, the church. Look what 16 says. This is Ephesians 4, 16. Jesus is the head of the body of the church. And he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Jesus is the head of the body of Christ. He's head of the church, right? That's us, the church, that's us. And there are times in the New Testament where it talks about the church, and it's the same word, but it's referring to the worldwide body of Christ, right? Believers all over the world linking arms with the same spirit, doing this amazing work. There are times in the New Testament when it says the church, that's what it's talking about. But for every time it says that and means that, 25 times when it mentions the church, it's talking about this. It's talking about the local body of believers. Jesus has built not only the worldwide church, right? Jesus has built this body, this body, intentionally. And he sent us people with different passions and different abilities and different callings and different skill sets and different talents. And each one of them has their hair on fire. They're empowered by the Holy Spirit. And each one of them has gifts and talents and abilities and passions. And each one of them has a part to play. You have a part to play. You have a role to play in the body of Christ. And your role is necessary. And your role is important so the word can go out. And so the people can be reached. When Jesus came to earth in a human body, that was miraculous, right? The way he came and became human, that is a miracle. But the church, this church as his body is not less of a miracle than that because he's taken all of these parts, all of these seemingly random skill sets and passions and energies and ideas and abilities and skills, and he's got them all working together in one effective body. And we have an expression here at CBCB. There's a place for you here. If you've come to this church, I mean, it's on, it's on the coffee mug, people, right? There's a place for you here. It's on bumper stickers. It's on signs. It's on T-shirts. I think we got a picture. There it is. There's, that's out in the lobby. There's a place for you. We've even got it on T-shirts. Take a look at the T-shirt. There it is. There's a place for you. There it is. There's a place for you here. And that means two things, right? One, it means you're welcome to join us. Man, we want you to worship with us and learn with us and grow with us. But it also means something else. It also means there's a place here for you to serve. There's a place for you here to plug in. There's a place for you to make a difference. There's a place for you to take your gifts and your talents and your passion and your energy and your spirit and invest it in the kingdom. 
There's a place for you to share the gifts and talents that God has given you. And he's given them to you. James 1.17 tells us that every good thing we have is a gift from the Father, right? That means your money, your time, your health, your skill, your passion, your education, your experience, every good thing you have is a gift from God. And the idea is that we want to return a portion of that gift back to him. And the church is where that happens. There's a place for you here to do that. So every part of the human body, everything, nerves, eyelids, toenails, spleen, kidney, every part of the human body has a job to do, right? It has an important role. It has an important function. It has an important role to play in the body, except the appendix. <laughs> and doctors are not really sure what the appendix does. It just, all the other body parts are humming, man. They're doing their job. The eyes are seeing, the ears are healing, the feet are walking. They're all doing their job, and the appendix just hangs there. It doesn't do anything. And so many times, what happens to an appendix? It goes bad. It atrophies. It rots. It shrivels up and begins to stink. <laughs> it becomes toxic. It poisons the rest of the body. It brings incredible pain to the rest of the body. And all you can do is cut it out <laughs> and throw it in the trash. And if you've been around CBCB for a while, today's message is one you've heard before. In the body of Christ, don't be an appendix. <laughs> don't just hang there until you shrivel up and rot and become toxic. We should put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> In fact, we have. Take a look. Here it is. Don't be an appendix. Twelve ninety-five in the Connection Center today. Listen, find your role, man. Find your place. Serve somewhere. If you're not sure what your gift is, call me and I'll help you with that. But meanwhile, every minute of your life is a gift from God. Your time is a gift from God. And you can return that gift in any act of service. So do something in the body of Christ, supporting the other body parts, depending on the other body parts, doing your part to make the body of Christ strong and effective. You're part of God's plan. You're part of God's plan. That's a big thing, right? You're, you're part of the church. You're part of the body of Christ. You were created to matter. You were designed to make a difference. So, oh, what should we do, Larry? A couple things. One, I would encourage you to find your specific calling. I would encourage you to think about what gifts you have. Are you a people person? Do you love kids? Are you good with technology? Has God, has God given you time? Has he just given you time? Find a place to give it back. Find your role in the body. And a really common response to that is people like to say, well, I don't really have much to offer. You know, I can't sing, I can't write, I can't preach, I can't teach. I don't really, I'm just, I'm just, I'm a, 
I'm just, I'm just like a regular person, you know? You know who else was a regular person? Stephen and Philip and Prochorus and Timon and Nicholas of Antioch and all the guys that were on that food distribution team whose names are now in the Bible. When they did what they were supposed to do, so the message went out. They were just regular people. It's better if you're regular. Don't mean that in the wrong way. It's, <laughs> and all the old people said, amen. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, listen, it's better if you're a regular person, right? Because then regular people come to the church and they see regular people just like them serving and they say, well, you know, maybe I can do it. That person's a loser just like I am. If they can serve, I can serve, right? And you go, well, I don't have a talent. You know, I'm not like, look, can you be nice? Can you be nice? And some of you are going, uh, can you... Can you be nice for 20 minutes, right? You can greet at the door. Just fake it, right? Pretend you're nice. Be nice. You can do that. You can help us park cars. You can greet people at the door. You can pass out donuts. You can, you can be nice. And then some people still, there's, we're like looking for outs, right? And there's still somebody in this room, I guarantee you, and right now you're saying, you know what, Larry? I hear you, and I receive that from the Lord. But... I just haven't heard from God just yet about exactly where I should serve. And I want to make sure that I'm hearing from God. And I just haven't heard from him yet about serving. And I've been going to church here for 47 years, but I haven't. I just want to hear from God so I don't make a mistake. Listen, I got good news for you. I heard from God. Okay, he's already talked to me about you. And you know what he told me? You should sign up for kids' ministry. <laughs> you know what? I'm not kidding. We got a table right back there, man. We just opened kids' ministry in this service. We need 100 people or something. Yeah, you can clap if you want, man. Look around. Look around. Let me show you something. Look around. We had to put out extra chairs, right? Because those people stepped up and did their ministry. So... The word could go forward. Extra people came to church. Somebody else heard the gospel today because those people stepped up and did their job. So, yeah, you know what? If you want to help with kids' ministry, go right back to the kids' department. They got a table sitting out there. You can sign up today. You can be serving in a week or two. If you want to sign, uh, serve in guest services or in some other ministry or you don't know what ministry, go to our Connection Center and we will help you get connected. There's a place for you here to serve. Go to the Connection Center, tell them you want a connection card, check the box that says volunteer. Somebody will call you this week and we will help you find your place in the body of Christ. So, the word can go out. Listen, this is, this is good news, man. If you're a Christian, you're part of the body of Christ. You're part of God's plan. If you're a Christian, your hair's on fire. You're full of the Holy Spirit, so you've got the power. God can actually use you to spread the gospel, to bring people to Jesus, to change the world, just like he did with uh, Stephen and Philip and Prochorus and Timon and Nicholas of Antioch. He can use you to change the world. And it all starts when you say yes to doing your part in the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's pray. Uh, Father, we just thank you so much because you didn't just save us and okay, we get to go to heaven now. You've chosen us to be part of your plan 
to redeem the world, to change eternities, to share Jesus with the world around us. You've given each one of us a role. And God, my prayer is today that there's no condemnation for us, but Lord, there's conviction. Will you convict us that we need to find our role? We need to hear from you. You can speak to us in our spirit, man. Our hair's on fire. We're full of your spirit. Will you speak to us? And get us excited about being part of the body of Christ. Help us to find our role. And help us to just take this fire and energy and passion and power that you've given us to go about the work that you give us with excellence and with joy and with passion. And will you just do what you always do? Will you use us to change the world around us? In Jesus' name.